Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadow to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a driving force in this young generation's energy, a focused young man who knows his purpose, a kind-hearted and humble soul. He is goal-driven and has the makeup of DNA championship stuff. He got what winners have inside of him. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the filers from the TV show, The Voice, Mr. Honey Butter himself, Cam West. What's going on, Cam? Hey, man. Thank you for that <laughs> intro, first of all. Thank you for that. I don't know <laughs> if I deserve all of that, but I appreciate it, definitely. And I'm, I cannot complain. How you doing? Hey, man, we all deserve to be celebrated. So, yes, you do deserve all that, man. You, wake up and another day is not no day is promised so we should celebrate each other every day we're here you feel me yes sir yes sir so are you are you how you feeling man how's everything feel good i feel definitely blessed to be in this position i'm in right now in life where so much is you know been brought to a halt with how we have to live right now with covid and just trying to remain safe but you know i definitely feel blessed because i can I've found ways and like you found ways to keep the mission going, keep pushing forward, just like what we're doing right now. Um, just like all the other projects I'm working on, you know, just trying to not let anything get in the way of the vision that we have. Absolutely, absolutely. Just keep working, keep moving forward. Are you keep ready pushing, to answer these yeah. questions and drop these gems today? <laughs> gems, okay, I'll see what I got for you, yeah. I'm ready. Great. All right. Are you ready to drop these gems today, sir? I'm ready. I'm going to do my level best. All right, man. Yeah. Level best. Okay. Mm -hmm. What person eat or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Sorry, one more time for me. Say again. What person, what person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? What person? Who or what? Wow. That's that's a good question. Uh, I would say that it's been many moments in life that have kind of altered the course of how I think or what I do. Um, definitely just off the rip, both of my parents were big on just molding me into the person I am today, giving me obviously my values and and my drive for sure. Um, one of the things they always told me coming up that really stuck out to me was that whatever I love, whether it was baseball, basketball, music, whatever, they couldn't want it for me more than I wanted it for myself. And so whenever they would say that to me, it would just, it would really imprint on me that no one is going to push, no one can push harder for my goals than me. I have to be my biggest cheerleader. I have to be my biggest driving force. And they instilled that drive in me. So it's like, you know, if I were truly after, it made me self-reflect. It's like, you say you love this. You say you're passionate about this. What are you doing? What is your game plan? Where's your social proof that says that you are what you say you are? And so in that self-reflection, um, that was one of the biggest things coming up that I'm like, all right, I say I love basketball. How many shots have I put up today? You know, I say I love music. How you know? Have I written a song in my life? You know, so um, just doing that constant self-reflection that has had a big impact on where I'm at today. I know you just gave some examples about when you used it, but talk to me about the first time you realized that words reign true. Very first time. Um, that you realized it may not have been the first time, but when you realized, you said, Oh man, you know, Mama okay, said there'd be days like you know, that, okay. So, I have this was this was a big part of me coming into myself as an artist, and it kind of happened my, my senior year of high school. Um, I had this gig for the it's like Richmond School District One, and it was there was a lot of pressure on me because it was the first time I was going to share the stage with one of the, you know, some of the bigger names in South Carolina as far as music and jazz. I was like, man, I've seen these guys, you know, I've always seen them perform at these sort of occasions. I've always seen their name, you know, on the news and in lights or whatever else. So now that I'm in a position where I can share the stage with them, 
I have to be on my stuff. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this story not so long, but basically when it came down to it, yeah. I, I I wasn't I wasn't ready. I, I I gave a performance that was probably pretty good, but it wasn't my best. And you know I had to figure out that you know where did I go wrong in preparation, in knowing my instrument, in uh, having a repertoire built up to where I could say I could sing whatever song. Um, in having my knowledge uh, up to par where I can say, hey, I need this song in this key. I need it brought down a half step or up a whole step. You know, those are all parts of music that, you know, if you say you love it, you, you need to be a nerd about it. You need to be able to communicate. You need to have the jargon and you need to have the understanding so that you can apply the, the vocab and the jargon. And I didn't have any of that because, you know, where I, where I say I loved it, you know, was I doing enough? And the answer was that I wasn't. And so I had this moment to where, you know, I had this guy come up to me at the beginning of the show before I had had performed and he had expressed great interest in my career and how, you know, he could get me here and, and have me perform there. And then after the show, I didn't hear from him. And I was like, man, you know, was it that bad a job to where, you know, I changed his mind all the way around. And that really, it cut me deep. And like for the next couple of, months i would say i was like man you know that was my one chance at music that was my one chance to to break into the music industry and really be a performing artist and um and i blew it and then i had to make that decision of like all right you know did you did you blow it is it a loss or a lesson right and so then i had to recalibrate um make sure i was getting out my content posting as much as i could while i was in school um looking for opportunities to perform and sing, being annoying about getting in front of people and doing what it was that I said I loved. And uh, and that moment was really that pivotal moment in my uh, my career as taking myself seriously as an artist. Um, it was when I thought I had failed. Long story longer, uh, I told my mom about that maybe some time ago, maybe some months ago. I was like, you know, remember when that guy came up to the table and he said, he could do all this for me. And then after I performed and it wasn't so great, he didn't come back. I was like, man, I, I, I had a real, you know, mental episode about that. Like I cried about that and I thought about that and I, and I, and I lamented that and all this other stuff. And she was like, oh, she was like, you know, he, he was talking, but you know, that he was just trying to say those things because so-and-so was sitting at the table. It was, she was like, it wasn't really that deep essentially is what she was telling me. And so, you know, looking back on that and laughing at it now, something that affected me so deeply really had nothing to do with me in the moment, but I took it so personally. I was like, oh, I got to step up. I got to get on my grind. I got to know better. I got to do better. And so it was just funny. It's so funny to look back at that and say that was one of the moments that really changed my, my approach, but it was. I understand that you had to feel the burn to make you get up and run a little fast. All of us need a kick in the butt. All of us suffer from something called procrastination. We all have a problem with procrastination. So tell me, what have you been procrastinating on and why? Oh, man. Um, well, see, maybe about a week ago or two weeks ago, I, I could have had an answer for you. But I'm in this season right now to where I'm like, if there's something in front of me, I have to get it done right now. And, I, and that's pretty much because of all that's on my plate right now. Like I said, I'm... I'm doing all the Cam West stuff, the artist stuff, but I'm also back in school. And I'm also, you know, giving music lessons and I'm also doing this, I'm also doing that. So because of the nature of my schedule, if I do let anything slip, if I'm not waking up at, you know, 6.30, 7.30 in the morning to get my workout in before I, you know, go to class and before I do work in the studio, if I'm not doing it, I'm gonna get, you know, I take one day off, I'm, I'm five days behind now. So right now, in this moment, currently, not I'm not currently procrastinating on anything, but probably about you know two or three weeks ago, I was like, uh, I don't need to get up and start working out consistently. Uh, I don't need to, you know, post every day on social media. I, I don't I don't need to uh, write that paper tonight. You know, I can write it the night before it's due. But all of everything coming together right now, I'm in this I'm in this zone right now to where it's like. I can't let I can't let it stack up on me. Do you think you finally found something that was worth leaving procrastination behind? Because sometimes 
we don't deem things worthy enough to get up mm. that kick in the butt, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Do you think you finally have something to hold on to that you can stand on as a man and say, Hey, I can't let this go. Um, I think I've, at this point, I've seen what's possible for me in my life and in my career. And after seeing it and after living it, I know that it's not something I, I want to let go of. I know that this is what I want to do forever. And now I know the proper steps to make sure it's something I can do forever. And I don't want to let that go at all. This is what I've wanted to do since I knew I wanted to do anything. Even though I was always in love with sports growing up, I, I there in the back of my mind, I thought I was going to be the guy in the NBA that also had a record deal. Like, you know, that's just, I always knew I was going to be singing, performing, entertaining in some way, shape or fashion. Um, and now that I've been at, done it at, you know, such a national level and I've experienced what's that, what that is like. And I continue to kind of see the benefits of putting in the hard work, what you get out of it, the return of it and what's possible. It's like, you know, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize what I feel like God has put out there for me. It's like, you know, this is God saying like, this is what you can be. This is what you can have. You know, I'm gonna let you look at it. I'm gonna let you experience it. But you also have to, you know, put in the work to, to continue to accomplish it. Talk to me about your goals. I want to know what goal did you reach that was like, I can't believe I reached this goal. And I want to know a goal that you're currently mm. chasing. Uh, so every, every, I don't know, every goal is like, oh, I can't believe I, I reached it. So like the first time I booked uh, a gig as Cam West, I was like, I really, this, this restaurant hired me to come and do what I love to do and they're going to pay me money. Like, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Um, uh, you know, from releasing my first single, it's like, I really did that. I really wrote the song. I really recorded the instruments. I really sang my own backup vocals. I, I really arranged the song. It's like, man, I can't believe I did that. To performing on the Rising Star stage at Essence Festival in New Orleans. It's like, you know, you literally have your name up in lights and you're like, well, how can it get any bigger than this? And then a couple more years roll around and now I'm on national TV doing what I love. And it's just like, uh, you know, every time I reach a goal, it, you know, it's something that I couldn't see coming from myself. It's always, it had to be someone, you know, bigger than myself working in my favor, right? Because it's something I couldn't even see for myself. So um, my goal is to remain consistent because that's what I've seen in my, in my life is that if I stay true to it and I continue to work on music, put out music, perform places, stay in front of people, uh, network, uh, continue to have opportunities like this with people who are also uh, very passionate about the business and about music. If I stay consistent, I feel like uh, I won't miss out on what it is that is my next goal that I didn't even know I had. Um, when I when I ease up off the, the gas a little bit, then things might slide by. But my goal right now is just to remain consistent. Like after we get off of this call, what can I do next to better myself that, you know, tomorrow I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, I'm glad I took care of that. I'm glad I did that. Talk to me about what consistent looks like. Do you have a vision board? I do. I have a, I don't know if people would consider it, you know, like a traditional vision board. Cause I, I don't, I don't think I can give you the traditional vision board definition, but what I have in my, my room is literally a gigantic, like cork board with the calendar on it. It's got pictures of me and my family on it. And it's also like littered with sticky notes. And every sticky note is either a goal or an idea or an idea towards a goal, you know, a song lyric, you know, it's just, or a task. A lot of the sticky notes are tasks. So it's like, you know, I might write down that I need to uh, make sure I go and uh, pro promote, pro do some promotion, or I might need to, make sure I finish writing a song. I need to put that task on the board. That way, you know, no matter what's going on up here, if I'm thinking about 12 different things, I can look at that board at the end of the night. Did I do that? Did I do that? I didn't, I didn't. So it's like, 
and I get I feel accomplished when I can snatch one of those sticky notes off the board and like throw it up, throw ball it up and throw it in a trash can because I'm like I I accomplished that, and so that's kind of my vision board is just like a wall full of tasks and goals and ideas, and when I accomplish something, I can take it off my plate and I can be proud that I that I stayed consistent enough to see that through. Now we just talked procrastination, we talked goals, and we talked the vision board. Along the road of you right. trying to be consistent and gaining new things, what did you sacrifice? Lethargy, uh, laziness, a certain level of comfort. And I, I stutter to say comfort because what I realize is that when you, comfort is what you're used to. So when you're used to laying around all day and watching TV and eating whatever you want to eat, that's what's comfortable to you. But now that I've made this transition to, all right, what's the next thing that I can accomplish for the day? What's comfortable comfortable to me now is getting stuff done. And when I when I wake up and I go throughout my day and I go to bed and I haven't done you know a workout or I haven't worked on music or I haven't done my schoolwork that I know I need to work on that then I feel uncomfortable now that I that I wasn't uh, active and I wasn't getting stuff done and so I had to give up what I was comfortable with what I was used to and what was safe to me and what was warm to me and familiar to me I had to give that up and reconstruct what was going on mentally to say okay now this is what's safe for you this is what's familiar to you now and even the, the days where I had to lie to myself and say it was familiar, um, I, that's what just what I had to do until, for whatever reason, you just start to believe it. You know, I love it when you lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's his new song, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. That's his new song. But yes, you talked yes. about Thank taking your comfortability and changing it around. That's making yourself uncomfortable. And I once heard LeBron James, I said it before, LeBron James said he looks he looks forward to being uncomfortable because he knows he see growth there. And you just explained it so beautifully when you said, uh, beautifully, beautifully, excuse me, when you said that you realized that the only thing that needed to sacrifice was your comfort. A lot of people say time. A lot of people say money. You know, a lot of people say, health because they're out there but you sacrifice your comfort and no one's ever put it like that and you just really you grew me with that and I appreciate that thank you thank you talk to me about one of your lowest moments let's go low here and what I mean by that is one of your lowest moments you felt like you didn't know yourself but I just don't want to talk about it I want to know how you got up this is for the people who might be dealing with something in your generation or or above your generation that hasn't figured it out yet Talk to us about one of your lowest moments and how you got back up. So this is a, this is a story I don't think many people know about, but I'll tell you about it. Um, I was in college. This was probably my sophomore year and, you know, college is what college is. So it's a, it's a transformative period to where you're learning things about yourself. And you learn things about other people. You know, what is society really like when they're not in high school and there's this, you know, everyone's an adult. What are, what are adults really like? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's very, it's very transitional. And now that I was classified as an adult, you ha I have, I now, that was my experience of other adults really talking to me like I'm an adult, not just my parents, but like stranger adults, like addressing me like, like I'm an adult. And one of the adults that addressed me my sophomore year, I believe it was my sophomore year, was actually my, it was a, he was a professor at the school and he was also my advisor. So his words carried a lot of weight to me. It was like, this is the person who is advising me on how to best accomplish school. And one thing that he told me uh, was that he didn't think music was for me. Like he, he was like, you know, I'm looking at your grades and you're doing fine in your math class, you're doing fine in your English class, but you know, your music theory class is suffering. Maybe, maybe music isn't for you. And that was tough. I had never in my life been told that music wasn't for me. But now I get to what at that time was the highest level of music I had experienced because this is the collegiate level now. You know, everyone has doctorates, 
everyone really is know, knows what they're talking about. Here I am finally at this level and someone says, ah, maybe not you. And so I was like, you know, how could the PhD be wrong? You know, how could the person who knows so much be incorrect here? Like maybe I do need to self-reflect. Maybe I need to change my major. Maybe there's uh, something outside of what I'm trying to do right now that I need to be doing more of. And so that was another night when, and I promise I don't cry a lot, but that was another night when I was like, man, I like I have tears right now rolling down my face. Like music isn't for me, you know, that's, that's, that's tough to hear. And then that same night I was in the music conservatory probably until like one, two o'clock in the morning, just, just looking in the mirror in the bathroom. Like, are you really about to get out of this and go into some other field and kind of give up on what you've been working towards? That same night, I got a notification on my Instagram because this was around the time that I was like, I'm gonna post as much as I can. I'm gonna post videos and of me singing and pictures. I got a I got a notification on my phone from Instagram that said that Jazzy Faye, uh, you know, this beat is super, you know, Jazzy Faye had uh, reposted me on his Instagram, and he was like, this is such a talented young man. Like it was a, it was a video of me playing guitar and singing, like like something I had recorded a thousand times, but I guess that's the one he saw. And he was like, this is such a talented young man. I'm so glad to see people like him picking up real instruments and doing what they love to do. And I was like, I'm literally like crying over the fact that music might not be for me. And then here's this legend, this Titan in the game, reaffirming what I did believe, but was now being questioned. And so, you know, I know you said, how did I pick myself up? But really, I think that was a God moment um, you know, where a guy kind of stepped in and was like, you know, you're going to have people talk to you and you're going to have people try and label you. You're going to have people try and put you in a box, but they are not the end all be all. No matter the paperwork or the letters that come before after their name, like what matters is our relationship and what you choose to do with what you know. And so, you know, I got that notification and I, I dried my eyes and I was like, you know what? This was somebody who made a snap judgment of me. You know, they said what they needed to say because I think that would probably be easier for them to say than for them to say, okay, how do we fix this moving forward? You know, how do we make sure that the grades come up moving forward? Instead of them saying that, you know, they were really just kind of getting to know me. And, and so they made a snap judgment and I took it for what it was. And so I would say one of my lowest moments was just allowing someone's words, no matter, you know, what their status is, allowing someone else's words to affect me and cut me so deeply to where I was questioning what I knew was for me. And I knew it was for me, even if I did question it, you know, you can still know something, you can still question something that you know. Like I, I know that, you know, one plus one equals two, but I can still question that and say, why, you know, where do we get these figures from? Why, why do we believe this? I can still question it. And so I started to question, you know, what I knew in my heart and in my soul. And I would say that allowing allowing that person to kind of take that much power away from me it was it was uh eye-opening because i was like you know his words were nice or, or, or were not nice to me in, in that time um and they impacted me deeply but i still had the decision i still had the choice to say how i was going to let them affect me and so making that decision and making that distinction between what he thought and what i knew I think that was what helped me kind of come out of that funk and say, you know, I, I've still got work to do. I've still got growth, but I can, uh, I can make the adjustments that need to be made because I know this is what I want. I'm a firm believer that we're all vessels and God uses for everything. And I also believe that blessings come through people. Right. And I think right. God did a lot of moving around to make Jazzy Faye message you that day. He had to put Jazzy Faye, no, listen, he had to put Jazzy yeah. Faye in the frame of mind to take his time to message and share you. That means he had to be, at least he had to be doing something to make him look at his phone and take a moment from his life to bless yours without even knowing he was blessing you the way he was in that moment to shine light on you. And it's amazing how many people have told Cam West how good you are and it took one person down the line to tell you something mm -hmm. right and everyone understand we all have a certain amount of power of the tongue 
and we are what we accept. But at the same time, sometimes our defenses are not up to take it. And I'm happy that you're able to pull through from that. And like everyone who's listening right now, what did that guidance counselor say to you now? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Never any comments anymore. So that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, that tells you somebody was afraid to admit they was wrong. And mm -hmm. that is not a leader in the first place. That's the first step to being a leader. Coming back and admitting, hey, I make a miscalculated decision on you. I was wrong. If you couldn't do that, then that's not somebody you should take advice from in the first place. Yeah. How important is to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? Um, how important is it to kind of come out, come out of what you're used to to accomplish your future goals? Yes. I, I would say that physically, it's physically and mentally, physically and mentally. I would say that it's absolutely necessary. I don't think, um, I don't think that you can get great results without great change. I, I think that, you know, one thing has to impact the other. And I don't think that you can do a little and expect a lot. And so because of that, uh, you, you will have to make major shifts in life and you will have to, and I've had to make major shifts in life. And I've had to, like I said earlier, come out of, you know, my comfort zone um, or what I thought was comfortable in that moment. Right. And uh, once you know better, I'm a firm believer. Once you know better, you, you have to do better. And if you know that, like, like you said, physically, if you know that if I eat this and this and this, I'm a, I'm a gain so much weight. Right. So I have to stop eating those, those things. If I know that I can either take that information and say, oh, okay, that's nice to know, or I can take it and apply it. And that's hard. I mean, you know, I love to eat. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm from the South, you know, I'm from South Carolina. We, that's what we do. You know, no matter what function you go to cookout, birthday, funeral, it doesn't matter. Some food going on food is going to be there and it's not going to be Regular. the healthy variety, right? Yeah. It's going to be a feel good food. And so food is like ingrained in our culture down here. And so, you know, what, what I, I couldn't, I don't even think there's a, a bigger shift that I made than, um, than my approach to food and, and my approach to exercise. Um, and that was one of the things that I knew as far as my brand and my, who I am, that that would impact my career if I if I didn't make that change. And I think that that goes for no matter what you're trying to sell, whether your brand is you and, and, and your abilities, or if your brand is that you sell cars, if you have a fear of public speaking, but you know you need to get on the camera and say, hey, come come buy these cars, you're gonna have to tackle that mountain, just like I had to tackle my, tackle my mountain. And so um, I think like I said, you, you can't do a little and expect a lot. And so when you want great things, you, you have to make great change. Talk to me about your growth after going on The Voice and going to college away from home. I want to know what new things did you learn in your experiences? We can start with The Voice and then you can tell me about being on your own in college. Um, going on The Voice, as far as you said what great change did I experience? No, what what different what new circumstances, like new change did you feel? What did you learn from it? What did I learn? What I learned, my biggest takeaway from the voice, I would say, is apart now, from I'm talking about yourself though. Not just like the show and the business, but about you. Right. My biggest my biggest lesson I learned about me. Mm. I, I think that it affirmed my belief that if I am pushed to accomplish a certain thing and I do what I know I need to do, I can't accomplish it. You know, I think there were, there were plenty of nights to where you probably get done with rehearsing and media days, and whatever else you probably get done midnight, one o'clock, 1.30, and then you need to be up and ready, fresh face, you know, six o'clock in the morning the next day, uh, ready to go, ready to sing, 
you know, and ready to be on, like, like you got a, you know, a full eight hours. And so I learned, you know, during my time that I might think that I, my limit is a certain thing. I might think that I can only be pushed a certain amount, but really uh, I, I think we don't know what we can do until we try. And we don't know what we can do as humans until we're pushed. And so my, one of my biggest lessons is like, you know, I can handle it. And I think that's why too, now my approach is what it is too, because like I said earlier, you know, whether it's, I have to get up early to accomplish a goal. I have to stay up a little bit later to accomplish a goal. I have to not just lay on the couch and watch TV to accomplish a goal. I can handle it. Tell me how did you handle it though? I understand that you can handle it. I understand that you did it, but we want to know how, like the moments when you had four hours of sleep and you knew you had to get up, what were you telling yourself? What was the recipe for your success? How did you do these things? I think in those moments, it's very, uh, especially when you're, when you're in LA and you know, your your friend, right. But you're also, your competition is across the hall and he's got, he or she, they have the same goal as you. Right. And so there was a part of me that was like, you know, I'm, I'm not special in this experience. Like I'm not the only one that's getting up at six o'clock in the morning. It might not be a, it might not be a vast, you know, phenomenon. It might not be the norm. It might not be what's popular, but I'm not the only one. I'm not the only person that has to work hard to achieve their dreams. You know, I watch, I watch a lot of these sort of things. I watch a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of like lifestyle videos of how so-and-so came up and how this person achieved what they achieved. And every person, every interview shows you that this person uh, had to push. They just had to push in order to get what they wanted. And so then I have to look at that and say, well, is that person better or more fit for that lifestyle than I am? And it kind of becomes like a competition. It's like, well, you know, so-and-so isn't any better than me. You know, as far as we all start off on the same baseline, it's just those who push accomplish their goals. And so, you know, it, it came to a point where I have to say, if so-and-so can do it, if that person did it, if that person is doing it, I have to believe that I can too. And I have to know that the person across the hall from me is thinking the exact same thing. So I cannot get comfortable and I cannot get so used to being comfortable that while I'm resting and and uh, not that rest isn't important. I think rest is very important. But while I'm o- over resting and just being lethargic, um, someone else is going to do it. Someone talk, else is going to accomplish it. Talk to me about that moment where you actually thought you wasn't going to survive the show at the moment, where you said, oh, "I don't know if I'm a, I don't know if I'm gonna make it to the next round." And then I want to hear, "Oh, I know I'm gonna make it to the next round." I want to hear both sides. Talk to me about the see, see people have their own opinions on your performances. But I want to know how you felt about a moment you thought you might leave early and a moment you knew you was going on. Uh, Obviously, the moment I thought I was leaving early was the uh, first time I performed with someone else on stage. We did Senorita with my partner, Mandy. Uh, And, you know, she did a great job. And we finished performing. And John chose his winner and it was Mandy. And I was like, man, you know, I stood right there on the stage and I, and from the time he called Mandy's name to the time I started to walk off the stage, I had gone through in my head, like, you know, this was a great experience. I'm grateful to be here. I'm going to get back home to South Carolina. I'm going to get right back to work. I'm going to keep, you know, hit, hit, hit the ground running. I had made all those plans in my head and, you know, I'm ready to say, you know, pack up my bag and say goodbye to everybody. And then Kelly Clarkson pushes the button that allows me to stay on the show. And so that was, you know, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I was completely ready to go. But if you want me to stick around longer, I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to, uh, to stick around. And then in moving forward wait, wait, from stop, that performance. Stop, stop, stop right there. I want to celebrate the fact that you didn't let fear kick in, that appreciation did. 
And a lot of people need to take note right there. That is a gem. He didn't let fear kick in. He let appreciation kick in. You, it's, it's a pheromone, whatever was one you want to release in your system, where you are right now as a person, and that's your appreciation, humble, and gratitude. The moment when they called someone else's name, the man who chose you, Mr. Legend chose you. So you kind of, and you're a human being. You probably felt a little bit betrayed, but you chose <laughs> a, you chose a different level of maturity. And I applaud that. So I want to stop you right there and tell you that is good that you didn't choose fear because guess what? Energy and frequency matters in this universe. And had you have chosen fear, maybe Kelly wouldn't have saved you. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and, and also in that performance, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then, and then moving forward from that performance, I, I, I realized, not realized, but it was made very clear to me, I think, just how important song choices and just how important it is to absolutely put your best foot forward, um, no matter what. So I went into the next song, the next performance, and I pulled out a song that I knew was going to touch people no matter what. You know, I knew I could get on stage and do 50% of what I can do physically. And this song was going to still touch people. It was that's when I did say something. And uh, and and people people still, you know, message me and talk about that song to this day. And I think a lot of people would say that that was my kind of turning point in the show. And that's where I, you know, you know, really dug in my heels. And that's that's the performance that kept me around until the finale. But I would disagree with that statement because I would say personally that the next performance was the one that solidified how I felt about myself. And it made me feel as though I was going to the finale. And what song um, was that? That was when I performed Ain't No Sunshine. That was when I was sitting in the room playing my guitar and I did Ain't No Sunshine. And the reason why I feel that way about that particular performance is because song choice, again, had the importance of song choice had been made so abundantly clear to me. And for that round, and this is kind of a behind the scenes thing, but for that round, um, you know, the powers that be had kind of already established what song I was going to sing. And it wasn't Ain't No Sunshine. It was a different song. A song that I didn't know, a song that I had never performed. And it had, it almost, it, well, I won't say that, but it was a song that I didn't know. It was a song that I, I'd never performed before. And it was a song that I knew that I would have to spend so much time arranging it and finding the, my rhythm and finding my key and, and making so many adjustments to the song that I would never even really get to fully know the song by the time it was you know, meant for me to perform it. And so I had a choice to make. Do I not ruffle any feathers and I just you know, take the song as that they gave me and I you know, do what I need to do with it? Or do I risk pushing back here standing on my own two feet and looking at these people, you know, who have so much more experience than me and so much more know-how in this, you know, operation and how the, it works than I do. Do I really look these people in the eyes and say, no, like, I'm not singing that song. I'm singing <laughs> this song. This is the song I want to sing. And I, and, and, you know, it, it, it came down to, yes, they know the show better than, better than I do but I know me better than they do. And, you know, I was blessed to be able to do that song. And I'm so grateful that they allowed me to do Ain't No Sunshine because had I not done Ain't No Sunshine and I did the song that I'd never sung before, I didn't know. I don't think that the song choice that they had for me would have been enough to carry me through to that round and then to the next round and then to the finale. Uh, because I would have, instead of coming off of one great performance and going from um, Say Something and going into another, in my opinion, great performance with Ain't No Sunshine, um, instead of going from Say Something Ain't No Sunshine, I would have been going from one great performance and, and Say Something to a performance that I felt, I would have felt very uneasy about. And you have to be consistently good or great on that show to be a standout. You can't really have one good performance unless that one good performance is incredible. Um, you can't really have one and say, all right, I, I, I'm, I'm in a safe spot. And I knew that I had to apply the pressure every week. And I knew that to do that, 
I was going to have to look these people in the face and say, I appreciate your input, but I would, it would mean the world to me if I was, if I was able to do this song and, you know, they, they allowed me to do that. Friend to the show, Alex Acosta. He said on the show that in order to be successful, you have to make some rules, but you can't be afraid to break the rules and break the rules you made for yourself. You were not afraid to break the rules. And that's a testament of your guardianship and your parenting and all your mental influence that you had that said, hey, you still are you first and you know you best. You can People can remember countless shows where we say, why did they sing that song? Mm-hmm. You knew that wasn't for you, homie. You knew that wasn't for you, girl. But you watch TV and you say that. And people don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And I'm sure the audience wants to know what song they were talking about. Well, we're not doing mm-hmm. that here, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to ask Cam on his Instagram, you can ask him and maybe he'll answer you. But we're here to, to, to talk about manhood and gems. And I just want to champion you right now for standing up for who you are and who you know the best, who whom is yourself. And that was very important. And I would like to say, I enjoyed all your performances. I was very proud to watch you in the, in the, in the, in the silence of my home and say, hey, look, look at my little bro getting busy. Yeah. In fact, there were many times I got to watch you in other people's houses and I just kept my mouth shut. I said, look at my little bro getting busy. Mm-hmm. I was happy. My favorite performance from you, since we, I'm not gonna go too far off, off, off cancer here. I can't remember the song right now, unfortunately, but it's when you sang the slow, Roboto song, I think you had on a purple shirt with all the speakers behind you. And I think Kelly Clark's uh, I really like that yeah. record. Yeah, you, you killed that. You. you killed that Thank one. I, I'm you. sorry, I can't remember the name of the record, but you killed that. Rainbow. 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 Yes. That, that was my first time hearing that record, and it felt like it was yours. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Rainbow. That was a... Now say something was great because it was like, yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta be a lion right here. I gotta, you're not gonna yeah, step yeah. on me. Like you, you've been right, stepped right. on. Now you get up, and I think you did very well on Senorita. I watched that performance too, and I think both of y'all look like y'all could be in a group. It was just that uh, smooth. You know, you had your little taco meat out with your shirt open a little bit. You know, just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, just a little bit of something, right? You had it going. Had it going, which moves me <laughs> to my next question. Now I talk to my friends, I talk to other men about this situation, and I want to know something. Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex <laughs> education? Man, uh, well, coming up in elementary school, you know, they, I think it might've been fifth grade. They sat us down with one of the old school projectors <laughs> and they were like, look at the board. Look at the board. <laughs> look at the board and be scared. And what can happen to you? And oh, I was like, oh, yeah. like all these, you know, gross, you know, pictures of what happens when you don't protect yourself and all the and all the perils and stuff. So I, I was, you know, I was exposed to the educational side of things uh, early on because they, they did it in the school system. But also, I mean, my father was is and was never one to shy away from a good teaching moment. And so, you know, when he saw me, you, you know this, you know this. Like he's uh, at heart, he's a coach, and he, at his at his core, he's a coach, and he will literally coach anyone on anything. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I've never seen anybody he's pulled to the side and talked to be like, you know what, I didn't learn anything. Like, no, everyone he talks to, he has some informed opinion on, and they they are better for it. And he, he treated us the same way in the house, you know. He sees you kind of coming into yourself as a man. He's like, all right, I need to talk to that boy about X, Y, and Z and let him know what's really up. And, and so I was, I'm grateful for that experience because I know not everybody has you know, parents who feel comfortable talking about that stuff. But um, but yeah, we, 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 we had that open dialogue. I'm not going to let you slide that easy, all right? This is a different oh, type oh, of wait, show. What I We're going to have some fun. Listen, your dad is funny because teaching moments is what he lives for. All I hear is yeah. teaching moments. I'm giving somebody a teaching yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really like that. And I, I, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm gonna say this: like, what type of talk did he give you? Did he give you the straight up talk? Because I rarely run into people who got a real talk. You know, people get metaphors like, "Hey, you sitting your hot dog in that, that hot dog in that hot bun," you know, stuff like that. Are you getting a real talk? that tells you, hey, son, you're gonna enjoy this. This is gonna feel great. 
but this could happen. This could happen. So please protect yourself if you make this decision. This is a mature decision. If you want to wait till you get married, I'm cool. Like, did he run through exactly what the ramifications are, what you can run into, especially where you are in your career? You really don't have time to be running around right now when work is more important at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't even tell you when, when it was, but it was, you know, I was young and with both of my parents, you know, I would have times when I would go just me and my mom to a restaurant and we would sit down and eat and talk about anything. And then I had times when I would go with my dad, just, he, just he and I, and we would go and talk about anything. And, uh, that was he when he when I guess when I started to come into age or whatever he started to use those times as you know moments to like you know we're in a comfortable familiar environment um, we're eating so everybody's you know happy we're loose and so now let's talk about this let's get into the real and there was never I mean you, you know him right there's there's never any vagueness to what he has to say or or whatever point he's trying to get across so I didn't get too many metaphors no. I got, you know, the straight up, like this, this is, this is something that's can be a very fun activity. This mm-hmm. is something that can, that is, that can feel better than anything you've ever felt before. But this is something that can alter and change your life forever. Like this is, this is really something that shouldn't be played with willy nilly. And you have to be smart and you have to protect yourself. And my parents, both of them, were very protective of me and my brother growing up. They were very protective of not only in this sense, you're talking about like sexually, you know, be careful with your with your with yourself sexually, but just both of my parents growing up, you know, they were very big on be careful with yourself as an individual and as a soul and as somebody who mm. who they obviously love and value because they made it very clear to us, not even, you know, in the sexual sense, not just in the sexual sense. But in the in the real world sense that there are people out there that make a profession of preying on other people, mm-hmm. of 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 seeing what they want from someone else, coming into that person's life, getting what they want, and leaving. And they made that clear to both of us growing up. And they, I guess they knew, you know, with two talented sons, there would be people who wanted in on that for for various reasons and they knew that some of those reasons weren't going to be you know out of the kindness of someone's heart and i think just with them knowing that uh they they made it very clear that we should obviously be open and loving people but at the same time be very careful with um with ourselves and be very cautious and and be okay with reading people and be okay with telling people no, and guarding our heart, our hearts, and guarding um, guarding ourselves in general. Because while this is this world is for us, and we should go out and make whatever we want to make in this world, um, it's still the world, and there's still traps, and there's still people who build traps, and uh, so you have to be cautious of that as well. So it was never. It was never like a big mystery, you know, it, it was just a continuation. I would say that our, our sex talk was just a continuation of many other talks that we've had. You know, before I was telling you to protect yourself when it came to strangers because of X, Y, Z. Now I'm telling you to protect yourself, you know, because of this. And this is just a new part of your life that will will be a part of your life. And you need to be ready for that. Well said, young man. There's two points in there that I really love what you said, that your parents took you out to eat separately to get that bond and relationship with you. And I want to challenge parents to take their kids out one by one. If you have both your parents in your life, if you have the opportunity to take them out somewhere where it's just alone in Utah, even if you got to pull them out of school for a day and you guys just take a day to grow as a family. And the second thing I challenge you to do, sir, is one day sit down and interview your parents. Set a list of questions, the things you want to answer and have them answer every question because mommy and daddy have a story too. But all of us who are kids never think about our parents having a story. They're just our mother and father. But once you know their story, you know more about yourself and you become more of a friendship as well as kids to them. And you grow Mm -hmm. tremendously. 
I want to poll you. I speak to several men. I want to know what your top criteria, three, your top criteria is in a woman. I want to get three things that you like in a female. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface this. I always say the, the one attribute or one thing that guys never say, I'm going to keep it right here in my head. I want to hear your three, and then I'll let you know the one I'm thinking about. So three things. Top three for you. Top, where you at right top now? Top three. One is uh, there has to be some some kind of a relationship with God. Uh, so much of myself is rooted in that. And if we can't connect on that level, it, everything else is going to fall apart. So you got to have a relationship with God. I, I'm a, you know, if you can make me laugh, I, we love to laugh in this house. So, you know, if you can make me laugh, you have a good, healthy sense of humor. That's that's a big plus to me. And um, I would say just the ability to communicate, the ability to when, not if, but when there are issues, we can talk about it. We can, you know, make the adjustments and we can move on. Not you and Facebook can talk about it and then we talk about it or you and Twitter can talk about it and then we talk. No, we can talk about it and then we can move on from there. So, you know, God, sense of humor and, you know, talk to me. You know, those are great. Those are subjected towards you. There's no wrong answer for that. But I always wonder why men never say intelligence. Mm. <laughs> well, I, in, my, in my opinion, though, you have to be pretty smart to be funny. I do believe that. I do believe I think that. you have to have a certain I, level of intelligence. I thought of that when you said it, because I think the most yeah. funniest people in the world are geniuses. Right. I would agree with that. Very witty. You take communication, but how much are you trying to understand communication? Do you know what the five love languages are? Are you really trying to understand the mind of a woman or just the levels of communication you can switch dialects to be ready for anything? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, we, we talk a lot in this, in this house. And so, you know, you have to be ready. We might be sitting at the dinner table talking about something hilarious. And then the communicate, the conversation might switch to straight up politics and you have to be ready for any kind of conversation that might come out of thin air. And so because of that, I would say I've had pretty good practice with, you know, making adjustments. So, and I know, I know about, you know, some of the love language stuff about how some people need, you know, affirmation. Some people need to be touched. Some people need this, they need that. But I'm, I'm such the kind of person I'm, I'm of the belief that everything, most things are very case to case. And so when I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking to them. I'm not talking to people like them, not talking to people in their age range, not talking to people who are the same sex or gender as them, I'm talking to them. And so I want to know like, who, who is you? You know, like what, what, are, what are you needing to hear? Or what are you saying that's going to make our communication the most effective? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man, communication is important and you got to have different strategies to go with to adjust to a to changing to conditions, man, you just got to be ready to talk to people and talk on their level mm -hmm. or higher to another level. Mm -hmm. What you're doing right now is building a legacy, but don't ignore the major steps. Do you have a will or do you plan to get one? I do not currently have a will. Um, it's funny. I was just talking to my dad about this. Um, well, he was talking to me about it. He was saying, <laughs> I need to get on that. Uh, uh, and, and, and he's right. He's very correct. Correct. Um, right now, you know, I, I am doing, uh, what I believe is a smart thing with my money and, you know, what I don't save, I invest, whether that's an investment in, um, like a literal investment, whether it's stocks or whether it's whatever, something that's going to grow my money. Um, or if it's an investment into me, into my brand, into my business, I consider it an investment when I buy a new piece of music gear, because I know that if I buy this, it's gonna make my overall product better. It's gonna make people, excuse me, it's gonna make, make people wanna listen to my music more. It's gonna make people wanna come to my live shows more. 
because they know that they're getting quality. People can hear and notice quality. And so, you know, I might, 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 might spend money on something that I just wanted for myself. But a lot of my money goes towards, you know, if it's not going towards shooting a music video, it might be going towards um, a new microphone to record the music for the music video, you know? So it's, uh, I do I do a lot of investments. I do need to get on the will thing though. You're, you're right about that. Why do you think people run away from that conversation of will? It's uncomfortable. You know, people people don't want to talk about that. Um, it's it's something I I personally don't feel like I struggle with as much. I think you know part of that is my belief in an afterlife and my belief that one day I'll see heaven. I think that's probably a, you know that comforts me more than anything. But also just from a logical standpoint, I think there's a quote out there, and I'm probably gonna butcher it. But it's like, you know, while I while I exist, exist, death cannot. And while death exists, I cannot. And so it's like, why fear something that can't happen simultaneously? I, you know, once I die, once I die and I experience death, that that's, that's it. Death will be there. I won't be there or and vice versa. So I don't I don't too much shy away from the more, more um, you know, the mortal nature that, that we experience. Well, friend to the show, Cameron Wesley Sr. spoke about uh, taking out insurance policies on your parents as an investment tool. Have you taken out an insurance policy on your parents <laughs> as an investment tool for your future? I have not. I have not done that. I have not. I think you should look into that, sir, because he really opened my eyes with that. That is something that was huge to think about. And because he said his other cultural friends look at it as an investment while we look at it as a death sentence. But it's mm -hmm. not a sentence if it's certain. It's absolutely right. gonna happen to all of us one day, some faster, some quicker than most, some longer than most. And it's not a bad conversation to have, which I know will be a teaching moment for you. <laughs> right. I wanna put you in a perspective. I'm gonna put you in a scenario. Okay. Just so you know, I I do. I'm gonna to need to wrap up in a little bit. Yeah, I have a twelve thirty thing, a two thirty thing, but no, no, so we got like three questions left. Be over. Okay, cool. Ten minutes at the most. Cool. I want to put you in a scenario. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Huh. A great woman or a great wife. I mean, is it a is it a cop out answer to say I I want somebody who embodies both of those principles? I, I guess if there's no, there's no wrong answer to what you want, sir. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like what what comprises a great woman comprises a great person, and really, I think at the end of the day. What it comes down to is, are you a good person? If you see that I need help, will you help me or not? Are you a good person? And you know, if my wife sees that I need help with something and she won't help me, she's probably not a good person and she's also a bad wife. And so, you know, I think a, a good woman is a good person. And I think that if I have a good woman, then I will have a good wife because I, I don't think that you can you can be a good wife without being a good woman. And I don't think you can be a good woman without being a good person. Excellent answer, sir. That's a gem right there for those taking that in. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories. I took purpose, knowledge, health, confidence, and money. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. 20% for purpose, 20% for health, 20% for confidence, 20% for money, and 20% for knowledge. Purpose meaning you're working in your purpose every day. Health meaning you're working out, eating right, praying, meditating. Confidence meaning you're doing without any fear, any intimidation, and you're real confident in it too. Money, you made a little money, saved a little money, invested a little money in knowledge, you took in some new knowledge. So Mr. Cam West, I ask you within the last 24 hours, how much out of 100% have you been operating on? Well, 
I would, you know, I would like to say pretty high up on that level. I, let, uh, let's go down the list, right? So you had knowledge. And I've definitely been trying to be knowledgeable, uh, not only with my studies in school right now, but also uh, in my other projects. So, you know, after I get done studying, when I need to get done studying for school, I also hop on YouTube and I'm like, okay, how do I better uh, work this Logic Pro X, you know, software when I'm trying to accomplish, you know, whatever? How do I better market my music? Um, how do I better record whatever, you know? So, so I try and, um, I try and do what I can on the knowledge front. Um, as far as, give me, give me the next one. Purpose. Purpose. Mm. Like living in your purpose and doing what you need to do to fulfill it. Right. Yeah. So as far as that, I, I would consider, you know, this living in my purpose, you know, the fact that we're on here and, you know, we're having a great conversation, but this is also, um, content. This is also marketing. This is also, um, things that will help further my agenda and, and my career and um, everything that I did leading up to this. So the fact that I even posted on social media yesterday, right? That's still me branding. That's still me marketing. That's still me uh, trying to live in my purpose. Um, now confidence free. is a tricky one because that means you hadn't had any fear in the last 24 hours and you weren't intimidated and you weren't insecure either. Well, confidence, from for me, confidence comes from preparation. And so if I prepare and I practice and I'm ready for whatever the event is, whatever the, the conflict is, the struggle is, I'm gonna be pretty confident because I'm not going to practice in, in, until I think I got it. I'm gonna practice until I know I got it. Um, so like I said, I had a, a music lesson earlier today where I was working with one of my professors and I know we were gonna have to vocalize and I knew that we were gonna have to sing so I could have, you know, been not confident because I didn't do the things prior to, to prepare. I, I, I didn't have to wake up early and make sure I, I warmed up before we warmed up together. I didn't have to wake up early and make sure I did a fair amount of singing before he heard me sing. And I could have been really nervous about it. I could have been like, oh, I don't know how this is going to sound. Well, I knew how it was going to sound because I practiced beforehand. And um, so, so I think that that comes back to preparation for me so i felt so, pretty confident in that endeavor okay so so far we went over purpose confidence and, and knowledge what about health mm -hmm. did you get up and work oh, out today, i did i did and actually you know today is my two a day so i i did my you know my hit calisthenic workout and then i'm also go to the gym later on today too and do some treadmill stuff as well so i did get on that and uh and i so far i i do intermittent fasting till till two o'clock and then I um I don't eat I stop eating after 10 and so so far you know I haven't I haven't broken my fast yet today so so health is looking pretty good so far did you pray today did you meditate did you do the other things as well I prayed I have not had a chance to meditate um I pray you know as soon as I get up in the morning just as a thank you mm. every morning for I'm just like God hey you did it again I'm I'm, I'm back I get to play this game one more time and so um, I definitely pray. Um, normally, I meditate while I stretch. And I haven't had a chance to do that yet because I, I get to breathe through all the different positions and, and just kind of let my mind just kind of flow. Uh, but I haven't had a chance to do that that one yet today. Have you saved a little money, spent a little money, invested a little money? On today? Not yet. Not yet. But, um, but I... I have been, like I said, been trying to invest um, and save, and especially on the investment front. Like I said, I, I got a couple of different projects right now that um, that are going to require money to eventually give me money. You know how that is. So, uh, so uh, it, I have some things in the works. Well, that sounds like you operating at a good operating at a good close to ninety percent. Close to, close to. I'm proud of you, man. This is great. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It's people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. 
Now, before you go, Mr. Cam West, mm-hmm. Mr. Voice, Mr. Play the Guitar Instruments, I love the <laughs> Wait Rise song. I love all the things you're doing, but we like to get a referral from you. We like to have somebody who think is a grown man could come on the show and further this mm. narrative of talking manhood. Do you have someone for us today named you can drop? Name I could drop uh, to further this conversation. Uh, let's see. Are you looking for? Hold on, let me see now. Are you looking for? I want for, anyone you think can come on this show. It doesn't matter what race, creed, gender, or age. If they're a man, they have man okay. experience, and they can pass on some knowledge. We want them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I would say. I don't know if my uh, if my dad gave the same answer too, but I would say you probably want to uh, uh, interview my my grandfather. Ooh, I know that's a crazy. I know that's I know that's a crazy one, but as far as you, you think my dad likes to teach lessons, my grandfather. <laughs> so you you got to connect. You got to connect us with your grandfather. You got to connect me with your grandfather okay. and tell okay. him I want okay. him to come on the show. I I, inter- I had the pleasure of interviewing my dad, and I thought it was awesome. So yeah, yeah. I want to interview your grandfather. Okay. All right. Definitely. We're gonna make it happen. Now, before you go, please give any social media shout-outs, any information about your EP, music you want people to know about, mm-hmm. things you want them to check out, right here, right now. Yes. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. First off, and as a whole, not just a shout out at the end, but thank you for bringing me on. Um, to talk about my experience. Thank you for valuing my experience, you know, enough for, to, to have me on here. I really do appreciate it. And I'm glad to see that you're doing well. Um, but yes, all my social media is the same. Uh, C-A-M-M-W-E-S-S. Uh, it's one thing, Cam West. I do have the single out. It's called Live. So Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen to music, wherever you stream it, wherever you download it, it's there. Please go check it out. I'm very excited to uh, say that we have so many projects in the works that uh, will be coming very soon. And so follow me, keep up, and uh, you'll be seeing all that very soon. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. For those who re- want to reach out to this show and come on this show, Solutions for Men, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com. To be a- also on all platforms is at Sheem1. So let's continue this conversation on Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram. Just go ahead and message message me and we can continue to grow together. Before you go, I'd like to end this quote from Miles Monroe. And with this quote from Miles Monroe, excuse me. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion, purpose, in pursuit of personal excellence. Question of the day, question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions.